This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. You know who I can do without? I can do without the people in the video store. Which ones? All of them. This is Massive Late Fee with Mike and Mark. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my co-host, Mike. How are you doing, Mike? Not too bad. How about yourself? Good. We've had a good week here at Massive Late Fee. Some exciting things going on behind the scenes. We have... Mike, I, I, I haven't told you this now that I think about it. Although it's been in the network-wide group chat, so I don't know if you saw it there. But I guess I probably should have told you about this before we went out here. But we hired a sales director for our company, which is growing. So soon uh, we may have some more advertisements on the podcast like we used to for Collector Mount and things like that. So we might have some ads coming your way fairly soon. Mike and I will, of course, try to make them fun and interesting for you and just another fabulous part of the program. Are you excited, Mike? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but news today. I've got some news. Not a lot, but a little bit. They, they, there's uh, been some rumors that Netflix is starting to sacrifice quality of their show for growth and canceling some shows before they would ordinarily have a chance to find an audience. When Netflix first started getting big, you know, about six years ago or so, five, six years ago, they they were known as a place where showrunners and, you know, TV show creators and things like that could go and pitch just these crazy outlandish ideas that wouldn't get picked up anywhere else. And now some people who have their shows canceled saying that Netflix algorithm is a part of the problem as to why their shows are, are getting canceled before they might have a chance to, to find an audience. From what I've heard, Netflix has basically come out and said, at least to their shareholders, that three seasons is, via, is the viability of a show for Netflix, that Three, three seasons, they can be profitable with a show. After that, shows get too expensive. Salaries go up for actors and actresses. Things get too expensive, and they don't want to, to do it anymore. So unless it's an enormous hit like Stranger Things, which even that's only getting a fourth season, and then that's going to be it for them, or Orange is the New Black, or, or something like that, something that's really, really popular for them, I don't expect many of the shows to get... M- more than three seasons, if they even make it to three seasons. What do you think, Mike? Do you think that that Netflix is starting to be a place where we're not going to be able to find quality things anymore? I don't know. I mean, some. I, I think really any show three seasons is more than enough. I mean, I don't really know that I need Should to see be. like five seasons of Game of Thrones, you know? Yep. Exactly. Or eight or however many it actually was. I think seven. I think it was seven maybe. Even like shows I really like, like The Wire or Breaking Bad, if they were three seasons, they might have been better. It's hard to say because they were pretty compact as they were. Yeah. I, I guess it depends on on 
basically just how much content you have. But I am more in favor of smaller seasons. And, you know, we've talked about it many times on the show. You know, a smaller number of episodes, smaller number of seasons. Just get to your point. Get to your point. Don't... the, The... the and we've done it before this sh- our, our show with our best of show and we'll probably do it uh at the end of this year when we do our second best of show which will be a lot harder to edit mike cause it's gonna be a full year's worth of shows that i have to try to take Sounds like a mark problem not a uh, mike problem yeah it is <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we've done it before on this show, or at least made fun of it, where they've had, you know, they have bottle episodes, what they call bottle episodes, where the money's run out, they don't have a lot of money, and they, but they need an episode. So, oh, they're stuck in a closet, or they're stuck in a wine cellar, or whatever it is. And then it's clips from previous a, episodes. Uh, cooler at their convenience store? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And the reason they do that is because they don't have money to for other sets or anything like that. They use they use things that they already have sets that they already have in place generally and just clips from previous shows. And that's you know those aren't the most interesting episodes you're going to see of a TV show. So when Netflix does things like this where it shortens seasons, it shortens the lifespan of a TV show and it shortens the amount of episodes i think it should focus creators i think some it's not a ton of people that are that are complaining but i think it's kind of sour grapes from a couple of the people who have been complaining to be totally honest with you that just they they were like well why didn't get a fair shot but you didn't stand out either you know there there were a lot of shows like bojack horseman who would have ever thought oh that's that's a show that'll work (laughs) but but it does. I mean, Netflix gave it a chance, and it has a, a cult following. Now, they're probably not going to run for 15 seasons or anything like that, but they don't need to. Get, say what you want to say and then get out. That's, that's what it should be. Don't faff around with all these other episodes. Speaking of faffing around, though, uh, <laughs> as I get into British slang, Reese Witherspoon is heading to Netflix. And here's the thing. This is... Uh, Entertainment Weekly. Cruel Intentions to the remake. Right, exactly. They are remaking both Little Women and they've talked about remaking Home Alone. Did you hear about that? I heard something about that. Every- I hope it still stars uh, Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Doesn't he still kind of look like he couldn't be left home alone? <laughs> he does. He really does. He's been appearing a lot more. I've seen him on... Red Letter Media, which is a YouTube channel that I, I watch a lot, uh, which I like, and he tweeted out about the Weekly Planet, which is a podcast that I listen to. So it's sort of weird knowing that Macaulay Culkin and I share really similar interests in in things online is kind of is strange because it's all it's always fun when you see that. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, Mike, but if you are a fan of any kind of like YouTube channels or anything like that, and you go in to one of them and you see in the comments somebody referencing something else that you like that's from like an independent creator on on the internet, whether it's a podcast or or another YouTube channel or something like that, and you're like, oh my gosh, it's the it's the the Venn diagram. I found the Venn diagram of cross sections of hey, I like this thing, this thing, and this thing, and this person does too. 
Yeah, I saw something like that today, actually. Um, it was on the uh, Reddit, Is Always Sunny in Philadelphia subreddit. Mm-hmm. Like, someone put, like, this might be a little too obscure, but it was uh, it was the characters from uh, Hot Fuzz, like, you know, when they were watching the play. But it had them, like, watching uh, the Always Sunny in Philadelphia episode of The Nightman. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> but then everybody was just, like, ripping on them, like, that's not even close to being obscure, because <laughs> it's really not. <laughs> It's, like, literally the longest-running comedy in, like, you know, American history. Yeah. And one of the best-known, you know, funny uh, duos with uh, Edgar Wright and Nick Frost and Simon Pegg. Yeah. I guess it's more of a trio, huh? Yeah. <laughs> that, that famous duo of three people. Well, I couldn't re- figure out who I would want to pair up. I mean, you know, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. I guess. I guess. Yeah. Ed, I mean, Edgar Wright's obviously a very integral part of that. But uh, I love that you've got the... Every every joke that we tell on this podcast in this episode is going to sound like it's falling flat because of the the massive sound of crickets behind you. <laughs> it's making me laugh every time. <laughs> That's funny because I didn't realize that it was loud enough for you to hear. I'm in the uh, I'm in the garage. <laughs> With oh. our, uh, our our possibly new cat, uh, her name's Mabel. Oh, nice! She's very friendly. She she's out right now, and like she won't let me stop petting her. But like uh, she's really weird. She's still skittish. So maybe she'll learn to eat the crickets one day, like our cat Bodie. But I can't let them out of here because uh, you know they're she's kind of like a stray sort of. Mm. We're not sure if she's sick or anything. Oh, okay. Did you just found her? Uh, it's actually a very long story, but basically what it is, our neighbors are assholes, and they left and just, like, left this cat there. Oh! And then we, then, uh, my wife found, like, you know, like, bits of shit, and it turned out, you know, I heard her meow one day, and then uh, she was in the garage, and, uh, here she is. Wow. Well, you know, definitely a good family. Uh, I can assure everyone out there that Mike and Alex are a, a, definitely a good family for cats. So... If you do keep her and and don't uh, give her to somebody else, you know I know she's found a good home, so that's good. Yeah, she like literally this whole time, like my left hand is occupied with petting her because you won't let me stop. <laughs> well, it's a little different usually, from what you're left. Usually, it's occupied by something else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Reese Witherspoon. Speaking of the left hand, uh, she's. She's going to Netflix. Now, Entertainment Weekly calls this a bonkers-sounding sci-fi film, which is titled Pyros. Now, here's the plot summary. You tell me if this sounds bonkers or not, Mike. It fo- well, I'm not a, uh, a sitcom character in the 50s, <laughs> so I probably will say it sounds bonkers. <laughs> it follows a group of people augmented with indestructible suits that are fitted to their spines. I guess kind of like... Doc Ock had those arms fitted to his spines. They are then paid by a corporation to recover objects for wealthy people when their houses catch fire. This team has strict orders not to stray from their mission, but things take a turn when one of these fire trekkers breaks the rule. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't even know what the hell this is about. Yeah, I guess it's they're a, like really good firefighters. Is that what the whole premise is of this? Uh? Bonkers plot. I think it's it's rich people don't want their stuff to be lost when their houses catch fire. I don't know why rich people's houses are catching fire so epidemically. Actually, this is probably based off real life because uh, 
I think it was last year when there were all those fires in California. They'll really pick a year. Oh, yeah, that's true. And they, they actually did say some people were hiring, like, private firefighters to, like, you know, come and, like, specifically, like, protect their mansion slash compound. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's inspired by that. Rip from today's headlines. Yeah. Well, apparently it's based on a short story by Thomas Pierce, which appeared in the New Yorker. Uh, so it sounds pretentious. Boring. <laughs> yeah. It's got a very high concept. Yeah, exactly. Tom Wolf hates it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, did you? Hey, real quick. This is a movie that's not going to happen. But did you see the mo- Did you see the trailer for the Hunt? Um, I've heard a little bit about it, but I didn't see the trailer. Yeah, apparently Emma Roberts, who is Julia Roberts' niece, I think she's been in some some other stuff. She was in a season of Eric Roberts' uh, daughter, I think. Yeah, that's yeah, I guess that's true. I should, Eric Roberts, I suppose, is famous enough to name check. But she was in a season of American Horror Story, the Coven one with the witches. Oh, I think she was in um, the movie Scream Four as well. I could be wrong. Possible. One of the Culkins, probably uh, Kieran or Rory. I don't remember which. Yeah, I don't know. But Macaulay Culkin. Hey, Macaulay Culkin. If you listen to this this episode of our show, and then you know it's the trifecta because we do this show, and then. I watch Red Letter Media and listen to the Weekly Planet, so Macaulay Culkin should definitely listen to this podcast. Macaulay Culkin is his own podcast, too, I think. Rabbit Ears or Buddy Ears, something like that? Yeah. I also have an idea for a, uh, a a pilot, but only the pilot. Nothing comes after the pilot. Okay. It's called uh, it's called Too Many Culkins, and it's got all the uh, Culkin brothers and all the Culkin sisters in the show. <laughs> okay. That, and I mostly just want to do it for the theme song, which is like just... Just the entire theme song is about how there's too many Culkins. <laughs> and their dad just comes in, like, abusively, like, yelling at them all. Uh, I got an idea for Macaulay Culkin, too, actually. Uh, I know a couple... Damn, what about Macaulay Culkin 1? <laughs> I, that is too many Culkins. I know uh, a couple producers out there that would love to remake Uncle Buck. <laughs> Oh, I think you do. Yes, and, <laughs> and Macaulay Culkin could—he uh, it could be his kids that uh, that Uncle Buck's gotta gotta he'll, watch. He'll, he'll just have to gain four hundred pounds for the role. <laughs> oh, I see. You're saying he's not Uncle Buck. It's uh, it's like he's the same character from the original. Yeah, exactly. And it's his kids, and it's still Uncle Buck. And it, and it, no, no, it can't be Uncle Buck. He's dead. <laughs> no, I know, but. It's. I mean, obviously, it can't be John Candy, but it'll just have to be like a, just a gen- it, really. It'll obviously old... be Jack Black. <laughs> that would be the best. <laughs> oh God, I want to see it now. It's I, so. What would I, it be, Uncle Buck's kid? <laughs> yeah, Uncle Chuck. <laughs> have you ever seen the movie Chuck and Buck? Uh, no, I have not. Oh. I know where you're gonna go with this. God, it's so awful. Well, I mean, it's not it's not a terrible movie, but it's... Although, oddly enough, the, that guy, I think his name's Mike White, he was in School of Rock with uh, Jack Black, so he it's was. Uh, possible. He was. Oh, yeah, it's a good segue. Oh, man, I just remember, so I watched the movie, and it's kind of boring, and it's getting towards the end, and I'm like, what is the point of this movie? And then there's a tender love scene at the end of the movie between Chuck and Buck. Oh, God. Terrible. Yeah, I, haven't, I haven't seen it. 
But anyway, the hunt was supposed to be about people hunting, rich people hunting uh, poor people, basically. So it's like the uh, Purge, basically. Yeah, it's very Purge-esque, but they've decided they're not going to make the movie because of all the shootings that are in the news, so... We could just uh, we could just use that clip and play it over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you know how the Onion? Like every single time there's a shooting, there's like they they release the same article every time. Yep, I remember. Yeah, yeah. it's like uh, the same deal. Unfortunately. Yeah, we could just keep doing that, and you know, I here's the thing. I mean, I guess shoot. I'm against it. <laughs> yeah, I'm against the school shootings too, or shootings of you know mass shootings of any kind seem seem bad. But seem yeah, it's a bold take. <laughs> but the, you know, Hollywood fetishizes uh, weapons and violence and guns all the time. Not that I think that that contributes to violence in in our society. Oh no! Obviously, it's video games causing this. Right. See, I don't. I don't think any of that stuff. That it's it, that to me is dumb. But it's like, okay, so why are you gonna? Why? Why cancel this one? The The Rock's gonna be in a movie in six months where he's got you know four machine guns strapped to uh, to his body and shooting a ton of people. It just and it doesn't. Why is one worse than the other? Who cares? It's fiction. Yeah, I don't think they have any effect at all on anything in real life. Yeah, I don't either. And I just, I don't understand why why they're like, oh, this is too... Maybe it's because the trailer came out like a day or two after those two shootings, and they're getting a lot of heat for it. But it's like, you know, the people that are giving them heat for it are fucking morons or hypocrites yeah. because... It's, uh, it's dumb people. Yeah, because give heat to every action movie then. If you're going to do I don't think you should, but if that's if that's your take on it, this is contributing to all the violence, then give, you know, do that. Then 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 attack every action movie, but it's dumb and stupid and it's not it's not the reason. Movies and video games and all that stuff aren't the reason. The the thing is everyone's got it backwards. Everyone thinks that there's violence on TV, and that makes people violent. But the opposite is true. People are just violent, and that's why those like violent video games and TV are TV shows and stuff are popular because it speaks to the violence that's already inherently with, within human beings. Right, and even uh, I think any like actual you know survey slash statistical you know. Breakdown will show that violence is actually steadily decreasing. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, and, and the media. I mean, obviously, it's you know, as messed up as it is to say to show like you know scores of bodies outside a nightclub or a school or a hospital or wherever it is this week. But I mean, mm-hmm. thankfully, the actual incurrences of violence are steadily going down, and they have been for some time now. Yeah, we should. I mean, knock on wood, but we're. Ba- it's basically the safest time to be alive as a human being right now when you factor in everything what where whether it's you know war like being being murdered in a war there are m- much fewer ground troops uh, you know on the ground uh now whether it's disease whether it's a violence on the streets gang violence or robberies things like that i mean basically 
you know, it, we're, we're living in basically the safest times right now. And yeah, right. there, there are things we need to do. You know, I think that we should, that, you know, we need to do things to continue to curb the violence and protect as many people as we can. And, and there are, there are different thoughts and different ways that we can go about it. I used to be, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll I guess I'll, we don't really talk about politics much, but I guess I'll open up a little bit. I used to be a really big, like, we've got to, you know, gun control, we got to do all this kind of stuff. And I still kind of am, but I believe in facts and I believe in, and not partisanship and not my own, my own emotional reactions to things. And I've done a lot of research on a lot of different things. And yes, there is some correlation to the level of gun control in different states in the United States and the per capita gun violence. But there's all there. You can look at the numbers in in other ways too, which really makes it you know kind of come to fruition that there's not enough evidence to to really definitively make that statement. And I think, you know, just just restricting more like like more gun ownership and things like that I don't think is going to work. It's going to take mental it's going to take uh investment in mental health. It, it's going to take uh you know different sorts of uh police patrolling and, and things like that. You know there there are a lot of other things that are going to need to happen. On patrol. Exactly. We're going to need citizens on patrol. But like like Mike owns guns and so does so does RJ. I don't own any guns, but Mike Mike and RJ do. And I want them to own as many guns as they want to of whatever kind that they want to because I know that neither of them are crazy or unhinged. So if anyone's going to have the guns, I want it to be them. <laughs> you know, so we have to try to figure out a way. Yeah, there's like tons in this country too. It's like it's I mean, in New Zealand, you could confiscate them all, but you know, here everybody and their mums has a gun. You know, yeah, I know that's the that's the thing, and you know, we. I think there's 400 million guns in this country, and there's like 300 million people. Yeah, yep, something like that. We've got a lot of guns, and that's the thing is, it's you can't you can't stop that. You can't get rid of the ones that are already here, and I don't want anyone's guns getting taken away. I mean, unless they are. Uh, you know, violent or show propensity towards violence and, and things like that. But, you know, that's another thing, too. How do you decide who's a risk and who's not a risk? There are a lot of research and a lot of planning and a lot of, of things have to go into this before we can can figure out what the best way forward is. But the first thing is the NRA won't let people do research, won't let uh, significant research on guns and what the best ways to to curb the stuff uh, would be. And that's where you got to start. Let people do scientific research. Cause like I said, with the thing, you know, I used to be all about, Oh, well, we got to, you know, restrict gun ownership and, and, and this kind of gun control and that kind of gun control. And I've really backed off that because I did more reading and I did more research and I found things that changed my mind because, you know, I don't care. All I care about is keeping people safe. I don't care about, um, I mean, that's not all I care about, but when it comes to like this issue, what I care about is keeping people safe. I don't care about being right. I don't care about, uh, you know, like what, uh, you know, what party wins or whatever. I do not give a shit about that at all. So I just want the facts. Right. Yeah. It's, it's unfortunately, there's a, a certain percentage of the population that's just, uh, insane, you know, home, mm-hmm. homicidal, uh, you know, psychopathic, 
Yep. And, but I think the fact that they have access to guns is really the issue because, like you said, the average person, probably 99.99% of the population that owns guns aren't going to use them on anybody at any time. And I think statistics exactly. have shown that concealed weapon permit holders actually are way less likely to commit any crime, much less, you know, gun violence than others. Yep. No, I, I mean, I... I agree, and I think like you like you said, it's it's still even with all this stuff happening, it's still the safest time to be alive as a human being, and that's just you know the only things that the only things that hurt the mortality rate from of us from you know from previous generations are things that we do to ourselves, uh, mo- most notably yeah, eating just, too uh, much. <laughs> yeah, which is complete stupidity. I mean, like Neil deGrasse Tyson was like you know waylaid by bandits because he you know, basically just posted facts and people are like, oh, but I mean, really, I mean, sugar is way more lethal to the average person than, I mean, you're more likely to die from eating too much sugar and being obese mm-hmm. than you are from a random stranger shooting you. Yep. And uh, well, yeah, we should probably switch topics at this point because it's just turning into a, a gun control podcast. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And it's an interesting topic that we could go on for a long time about, but probably not the place on the, uh, the entertainment podcast that we do. Uh, I do want to real quick before we move on to the next the next topic, which is uh, taxes. <laughs> well, taxes play a role in what I'm going to talk about, I guess. <laughs> but my mother in law got a letter in the mail from someone named Gloria Alves, A L V E S, I guess. And I think she was born in 1958 because her email address ends in 1958 at gmail.com. Uh, so I want to read this letter to you. I've seen things like this on, you know, in email before, but never in a printed letter because I'm pretty sure that what this letter proves is a federal crime. Thank God. So it says, Dear, and then my mother in law's name. I am Mrs. Gloria Alves, the administrative manager at a vault of a financial insecurity institute here in Barcelona. I am contacting you based on a financial opportunity I discovered here in our bank. It's about an abandoned sum of 26.7 million U.S. dollars in our safety deposit vault that belongs to the late Mr. Desmond and then my my mother-in-law's married last name an american citizen who shares the same last name with you (laughs) who died along with his entire family on 11 march 2013 in a ghastly car accident in porto portugal the banking policy can only allow the release of such funds to a benefactor through an application as next of kin to the deceased. After his death, the bank has been expecting a possible beneficiary, but no luck. This institute has exploited all its ethical possibilities in other to contact his possible relation or inheritor, but no success. Since no one has come up since six years, I have made my own research with the help of a private investigator. It is my knowledge that this man has been living in Barcelona for the past 22 years and has never returned back home. I also learned that his wife and 13-year-old daughter died with him during this accident. I am almost 110% sure that no one is aware of the existence of these funds. Does that mean she's 100% sure? Because she's almost 110% sure? 
However, because of the international financial crisis, a lot of reform has been made within the Spanish financial system. This includes the new law on succession slash claims, which indicates a duration in which such inheritance could be tolerated. The Bank of Spain has mandated our institute to release the funds to the possible inheritor. Failure to respond to this ultimatum would legally allow the Bank of Spain to confiscate these funds as unclaimed estate, which of course would go straight to the government's pockets. It is therefore upon this entire discovery that I've decided to contact you. I want to you to know that I am a senior member of this office. As an insider, I am equipped with all classified secret information regarding the release of these funds. I would be dedicated to making sure that I feed you all the possible documentation and information required for the approval and release of these funds. Upon your acceptance to cooperate, I agree that 40% of this money will be for you, 50% for me, and 10% goes to any acceptable charity organization in Spain or your country. What about the other 10%? That's the the 10 per, well 40%, 50%, and 10%. <laughs> no, 110% this oh, person yes, deals exactly. With. <laughs> Please note that I have only discussed this with my husband. For time difference and confidential reasons, I strongly advise that you communicate with me via my husband's contact details above. This should be done firstly via fax or phone. Immediately you get in touch with me, I would be able to inform you on how this could be concluded. In conclusion, it's my concern to demand your ultimate honesty, cooperation, and confidentiality to enable us to conclude this transaction. Please keep this confidential and do not discuss this with anybody Sorry. Just violated that. I guarantee that this process would be executed under a legitimate arrangement that would legally protect you from any breach of law. Thanks and God bless you, Gloria Alves. So what she's proposing is fraud. She's done it through the mail, through the U.S. mail. I mean, it's... I know they're in Spain, so maybe there's no extradition treaty, but it's... uh, that's a federal crime. That's a, this is why this is usually done on email and not not in federal mail or not with uh, you know over the the U.S. mail because it's it's fraud. Yeah, I don't get that. Oh, crazy! So, uh, should my mother-in-law do this? <laughs> yes or no? You can tell us on Twitter. Vote. Yeah, tweeted us yes or no. Should she call the the telephone number there? It's an international number. I don't know if. Uh, I mean, I guess guess you could use Skype. Anyway, so next, uh, we're going into something almost as sad and fraudulent. (laughs) Dumpster diving. (laughs) Today we watched uh, a a very interesting episode of Saved by the Bell. Mike, what did you... First, let me just ask, did you like this episode? (laughs) Uh, no, not really. I remember seeing it when it like originally came out. I didn't care for it, especially then either. There was something that I noticed in it that really tickled me, but that's basically that's the only thing that I liked about it. But uh, the episode we watched was No Hope with Dope, which stars Johnny Dakota or whoever whoever plays Johnny Dakota. I don't know who the guy's name, what the guy's real name is. I don't know, but. So the episode opens up with Lisa running in, breathlessly trying to tell them that Johnny Dakota has pulled up in a limo in front of their school, and then he he shows up and and she passes out. I mean, basically he's he's Tom Cruise, right? 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because he's short, he's in like action movies, he's got great Hollywood hair. <laughs> so, yeah, what I, I noticed immediately is like if he's a movie star, he's probably going to be in his early to mid-20s, and Kelly is not yet a senior, so he's probably 17. Oh yeah, I noticed that right away too. <laughs> yeah, there's a scene in here where... So, uh, well, we'll get to it in a second because it doesn't take long. So he basically, he's saying that he wants to... Finger blaster. <laughs> Johnny Dakota wants to film a anti-drug commercial, which I'm pretty sure is just community service. For- yeah, that's, what, that's my guess, too, because it's very... Like, it's like they claim it's the first high school they saw off the highway. Yeah. Ridiculous. So... He's like, oh, well, you know, we don't know if we want to choose this school or whatever. We got a, other, a lot of other schools to look at. So <laughs> they uh, they say, oh, we can't. Zach's basically says to Belding, we can't let him leave. We got to sell him on this place before he goes and sees any other school. I guess they're afraid that, you know, other schools are much better than Bayside. They're afraid they'll go to Valley, their longtime rival. Yeah, exactly. And they'll see Moose or whoever there. I don't know. Whoever used to beat the shit out of uh, Slater in wrestling. But anyway, so so he takes him on this big tour and, and everything. And then he, they're like, well, okay, we're going to have to leave. The director's there, and all he ever says is, yo. I don't, know if, I don't know if you don't have to pay scale if the only line someone has is yo or what. <laughs> but he, like, I, directors usually, to me, seem to talk more than just that. But anyway, so he... Zach says, oh, well, wait, listen to this. And then everyone's on the stairs, except for Kelly, performing one of the worst raps I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, an impromptu, like, anti-drug rap that lasts for about 20 seconds. Yeah. That they've all learned within, like, the last five minutes. Yeah, just say no, basically. That's the big uh, line at the end. It sounds horrible. They don't, they're not in sync with each other. It's, they're not in key. It's terrible. And Johnny says, oh, that's really something. <laughs> so. Yeah, but we can tell at this point he just kind of wants to try and fuck Kelly if he can. Yeah, well, that's the thing is Kelly comes in and this is one of those weird points where Zach and Kelly aren't actually dating to each other. They've broken up and they're seeing other or people. something. We don't know. It's, it's different every episode. There's yeah. no consistency of the show at all. Exactly. So. She comes up and says, oh, you know, hi, Johnny. You know, it's nice to meet you and everything. And and he takes her hands and says, Mr. Belding, I absolutely want to film the uh, the commercial here. And everyone claps at this uh, at this guy, uh, you know, proposing statutory rape, basically. Yeah, what I don't know is in this episode, I don't know if like maybe like their, their buzzer was broken or something. Because mm-hmm. they, the audience just did that at like the most random times. Like I couldn't tell even what they were doing at it, doing it too sometimes. Yeah, there's there's one there's one point where Lisa puts on a pair of Johnny Dakota sunglasses and she starts walking off screen and she is three quarters of the way off screen before the woos start. Yeah, I don't even, I don't know what that was at. I really don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I think it was supposed to be at Lisa because nothing was really happening behind them. But that, yeah, that I, that's my only guess. I have no idea. But anyway, so he he agrees to do the the episode or the commercial there. And Zach and Slater are in the bathroom, and this guy, what's his name, Scud? <laughs> Scud. Yeah, Scud. A, a person we've never seen before, but apparently is to be feared. Yeah. He's in the bathroom, and dude, combing his hair, 
kind of like Fonzie, but uh, then he leaves and they find a joint on the ground. So they're, you know, they're obviously they're they're horrified. And uh, Zach says, oh, you know, Johnny wants to film this uh, this commercial here, but somebody's getting high in the bathroom. Yeah, which is funny because there's like super like squeaky clean uh, drug free, but they immediately know what it is. Yeah. And, uh, they're li- they're living in California, like during the mid to early '90s, and no one fucking uh, you know has ever seen drugs in their school before. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I love you. You're right. I did notice that too because they're in the bathroom and Zach goes, "Hey, I smell pot." <laughs> and he's like, "Ooh, I, I know that strain." <laughs> so Johnny- and then a uh, completely ridiculous. You're you're missing this part. The completely ridiculous part. Screech confuses a oh. roach for an actual bug roach. Yeah. And then he leaves to go get his pet roach, and he's come back in like 30 seconds, with, a, with a, and they've already flushed the marijuana cigarette roach down the toilet. <laughs> and he, uh, did anybody ever find Screech funny? I, I, I don't find him funny at all. I don't think I ever did. I think even when I was watching this when I was like 10 years old, I thought he was annoying. Yeah, I never liked him. None of his jokes hit home. I mean, I would feel bad for Dustin Diamond if he wasn't such an asshole in real life. Oh, yeah, he's kind of a piece of shit in real life. <laughs> but, yeah, they gave him horrible lines, and, uh, yeah, he was a complete... This is supposed to be the smartest guy, but also a complete moron. I love that dichotomy. He's a, he's a fucking idiot. So, yeah, he, he, he thinks when they say roach that they mean that there's a roach on the ground and his roach needs a wife. So I don't know. Right. I don't know how he th- how he knows that that roach is going to be a female or not. But beggars can't be choosers, I guess. Yeah, that's progressive. And then don't they cut to the uh, part where like they're having their heartfelt stories about uh, you know awful drug use? <laughs> yeah. And then Scud's girlfriend, who we've never seen before and will never see her again, like, yep. tells us like horrific story about like how her brother's paralyzed from like driving drunk or something. Well, she says that. Her brother would get high, or <laughs> my brother would use drugs to get high, and I was thinking that, well, that's a good use of them, and drive to the beach. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Either that or get ripped, that's all you can do with them. Right, exactly. But then, he, you know, and you, probably shouldn't, you probably shouldn't drive when you're on drugs, but I mean, if you're going to smoke some pot and go to the beach, there, there are worse things you can do. <laughs> so... Yeah, so he gets into a car accident. She's like, I have to drive him everywhere now. It sounds like a complaint. <laughs> I've got to drive him everywhere now because he's in a wheelchair because he got in a car accident driving while he was high. Which, it, he must have been on cocaine or something because... Yeah, I don't know. If you're, if you're driving... If you're getting a car accident while you're driving when you're on pot, it's going to be a five-mile-an-hour car accident. Yeah, I, I think this episode's really not going to hold up since... I understand to an extent that, like, the hardest drug they would use... Like, they're not going to use, like, heroin on Save the Bell, you know? Right. Like, oh, man, that, that, that black nerd with a deep voice is on meth. You, you can't do that. <laughs> oh, my God. I, awesome. I don't know if he has I don't know if he has a name. If, if so, I would name it. It's funny as I know exactly who you're talking about, too. Yeah, the guy always... Like, really? Now that I think about it, the guy's always got, like, a little bow tie on. Is he, like, a, is he, is he a member of the Nation of Islam? <laughs> They just never have to explore that part. Right. His name's actually uh, like uh, Muhammad something. (laughs) Yusuf. Oh, my God. But, uh... But Yeah, I mean, it's like, eh, I mean, I I really think this is going to be in, like, you know, even now it's almost like Reefer Madness, where it's just like a ridiculous, like, you know... Oh, yeah. Like, okay, you're you're, you're smoking pot and you're fucking paralyzed for life. I, I don't really think there's... You know, I mean, obviously it's possible, but I mean... 
it's just like the scared straight, you know, kind of like a uh, whole war on drugs thing where they just like, you know, they're just basically just making shit. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's funny because this is the only part I didn't remember this, this happening, but this, this tickled me a little bit where they're going through and they're doing their stories. And then Jesse goes, I used to have a problem. I was hooked on caffeine pills. Yeah, that that is. I mean, obviously, it's like an infamous, infamously like ridiculous episode. But is that even possible to be hooked on caffeine pills? I, I don't think it is. Well, I read, and this makes it makes the episode make a lot more sense. I read that initially they were going to make it amphetamines. And, yeah, that that makes a hundred percent more sense. And then, yeah, her reaction, her kind of mania, and uh, you know, like everything about the episode and being addicted to them and everything makes so much more sense and would help more. You would think with the studying because you know, it, it, I think maybe it started to be a problem then maybe it was a little bit later, but with people with kids taking like Ativan and stuff like that to like stay up and, and study and everything, it did really be actually become a problem in real life, but they, that was much later, I think. Yeah. But they, they pussied out and they pulled, they pulled back on it. And they change it to caffeine pills because they were they were concerned about going to, and then it just makes the story completely nonsensical. It's like those truth commercials, which are sponsored by the tobacco companies. Like I, I, I honestly think they're just made so dumb to like really like make them seem lame, so you won't be discouraged from like buying tobacco. Yeah, no kidding. It's funny that the, the more recent ones just like vehemently like attack vaping, like it's worse than like cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, we have this, uh, you know, scene where they're all telling their heartfelt, and the, and the stories are so good, even though, like, some of them are just anecdotes, like, from the news, like, uh, I think Slater talks about, like, Lynn Bias. He does. He sounds, like, so, like, he's, like, he had his whole life ahead of him, like, it's, like, you don't fucking know who that is. He died, like, you know, six years ago when you were, like, 12. Yeah, exactly. And it's, like, yeah, he was a good basketball player for, for a year or two in, in college, but... I mean, you don't know. I mean, he was like the number one pick, I think. But yeah, yeah. But you, you don't know what you know if he would have been uh, if he would have been great or not. I mean, not right. that it ma- not that it matters. He he did die at like twenty one years old. So oh that's, yeah, yeah. That's For horrifying. Sure. But and, and then, then they mentioned John Belushi too. Yep. Yep. Which again, neither of those drugs are marijuana. No. No. Neither one of them died because of marijuana. One died because of cocaine, and the other one died because of cocaine and heroin. Right. Which again would be a much funner episode. Yeah, absolutely. If someone um, there's a speedball they find in the in the bathroom, and the girl from Valley with a high pitched voice is uh, just you know <laughs> going to town. Uh. Speaking of the bathroom, the uh, the sleuths of a uh, bay uh, is it Bayside? Yeah, Bayside High. Uh, remember that Scud, the person we've never seen before and will <laughs> never see again, mm-hmm. was in the bathroom right before they found them. How did Scud not know that there was pot there? If Zach smelled it, Scud had to have. Yeah, they like spotted it instantly, but like so Scud goes in there, he's like, oh, no, but they find him smoking a regular cigarette. Yeah. But then they bring us to mind that, oh, these these aren't any much better, uh, Scud. You got to stop that. And what I found really odd about this is Scud is wearing a Slayer shirt. Yeah. Like Scud comes off as like this real badass, but he lets these like pussies who like, you know, don't even fucking drink, uh, Talk to him about, like, oh, you can't smoke, Scud. He's like, oh, sorry, guys. What happened again? <laughs> he, does, he is really, 
he 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 is really sort of accommodating to them manhandling yeah. him. I always think it's funny how like Zach and like his crew come off as like you know we're the cool kids, but they're really the biggest fucking nerds in the entire school. Oh, for sure. Like, oh man, what'd you do? What'd you do last week? Uh, black nerd with a high pitched voice. Oh, me and my friends, we went out drinking. What, what'd you do, Zach? Oh, I had to talk uh, Jesse down from caffeine pills. Right. Mr. Belding, uh, Mr. Belding and his wife were having problems, so he stayed in my bedroom. Yeah, I mean, how cool can you be if you're on fucking a first day basis with the principal? Yeah, which we forgot to mention. There's a, a, a somewhat risque joke where he keeps calling uh, Belding a dick because his first name's Richard. Yeah, yeah, they they pushed it as far as they could, I guess. Yeah, but so uh, so Jai Dakota, who again just wants to finger bang at the very least uh, the underage Kelly Kapowski. Oh yeah, invites the whole crew back to his uh, house for a Hollywood party. <laughs> yeah, this this adult giant movie star wants to party with who a bunch of high schoolers. Who owns a mansion? <laughs> yeah. What's he, funny is that uh, Kelly even mentions Tom Cruise. Like, oh, I had a crush on a movie star, but it was Tom Cruise. I mean, so it's like you know, again, a reference to Tom Cruise. Who mm-hmm. I'm sure you're right. He's probably supposed to be. Yeah, some and because the, they talk and they talk about somebody, somebody Slater. I can't remember or or Christian something. I think it's supposed to be like yeah, Christian yeah. Slater. Yeah, and then one who is supposed to be this is of course dating it. Uh, Lou Lou Devin Phillips. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, because his last name's Diamond. Yeah, I mean, uh, unless it's Dustin Diamond, which I doubt. Uh, there is a meta joke later here. <laughs> right, but, and then uh. So then uh, Screech, being wacky, uh, injures himself, so Zach takes him out to the car, leaving uh, Kelly alone with the predatory uh, giant Dakota. Yeah, and Johnny's starting to get what he wants. In spite of what you think he wants her to suck on, he wants her to suck on a uh, marijuana cigarette. Yeah, somebody just passes it to him, and he's like, oh, and then, and then they just... Yeah, and then there's, there's super sharp noses from earlier where they could fucking detect it, like, you know, before they get into the bathroom. Yeah. They don't, they don't notice it in the fucking party? Yeah, it's really weird. But then Zach walks back in and says, oh, you know, what's what's going on here, Kelly? And she says, uh, you know, I, I, let's go, Zach. And, uh, you know, Johnny tries to offer it to him, and Zach says, no thanks. And he's like, what, it's just a little pot? Everyone smokes it. And Zach's like, well, I don't. I love the uh, the constant myth of people aggressively trying to share their drugs with you. I mean, <laughs> drugs are not cheap. Exactly. Uh, I mean, Johnny Johnny seems like he's he's a real nice guy, and... You know, he's got a lot of money, so I'm sure he would be okay with them partaking. But if they didn't want to, I don't think he'd be like, no, you're going to have some. Right, it's not training day. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, Johnny just seemed like a nice guy. He just wanted to lay back. I mean, he, he was a sexual predator, but... Oh, yeah, I mean, that part wasn't so nice, but everything else is uh, top-notch. Yeah, and, and he, he hooks up Zach with a couple ladies... <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so yeah, they uh, so the next day they're supposed to be shooting this commercial, and none of the kids want to do it because they think it's hypocritical. So Johnny basically says, "I don't need this," and storms out. And then Mister Belding's confused, so they explain it to him. All the dorks get together, and they explain it to the to the principal in his office. He's like, "Oh, you guys did the right thing." And then it's this is the stupidest part. He says, Mr. Belding, who earlier he was like, ooh, NBC, you know, like like it's a big deal uh, that NBC wants to shoot a commercial here. He's like, well, I might know somebody at NBC. So he calls up his childhood friend, Brandon Tartikoff, the head of programming at NBC. 
<laughs> it's Who like created uh, Saved by the Bell. Yeah, part, he didn't just he just didn't mention that earlier. <laughs> but apparently, uh, which, really, which really makes no sense. I mean, why do they still have to shoot a commercial? Johnny Dakota was the one behind the whole commercial idea in the first place. Yeah, it's his community service that needs to be fulfilled. <laughs> the kids just wanted to be in a commercial at that point, I guess. I guess. So Brandon Tartikoff decides to come down to Bayside High and shoot a commercial for a drug-free commercial for uh, for NBC, and everything about the continuity of the scene is completely off. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed this, Mike, but when we first see it, Brandon Tartikoff is sitting at the desk alone when he says, I've got a great idea for the fall season or whatever. And then all the kids come up and he says, you know, no, don't say no to drugs or whatever there. And then they all say, there's no hope with dope. And then <laughs> the crew says, and they talk for a couple minutes where Brandon Tartikoff, uh, explains that him and Richard Belding grew up together. They were after the same girl, Becky. And, uh, and we find out that uh, Mr. Belding got his job through nepotism. <laughs> <laughs> that his wife's his his father-in-law was the superintendent of schools and that's how he got the job as the principal right and also we have to re- realize that uh it must have really hurt him whenever uh, zach named that duck becky because it's his wife's name and then the fucking duck died yeah exactly <laughs> but so within like five minutes the entire commercial is apparently just edited on set and ready to go I don't know exactly how they did that that quickly, but they're like, "Oh, it's you know, playback's ready. We've we've edited everything in that in that four minutes while you guys were talking." And so they uh, the commercial starts airing, and it's you know it's dumb. They're just like, "Oh, stupid, dumb, crazy." You know, they're saying one word things, and then Zach, of course, has most of the lines where he says that, uh, you know, drugs are stupid. And then we go to Brandon Tartikoff, but all the kids are already at the desk, and then Brandon Tartikoff walks up, and at first, Zach's point was, like, out of sync with everyone else, but then in the in the edited version, somehow he's in sync with everyone, so it's, it's, a com- it's completely messed up. Yeah, it's a it's a shit show, the whole thing. But that is how the episode ends with us seeing an actual say no to drugs commercial. And yeah, it was uh it was something else. <laughs> yeah, in a show uh, in a series full of bad episodes, that was definitely amongst the top ones. Oh yeah, not not great. But that was uh say nope to dope. Uh, from Say by the Bell. So now we will move on to our very popular segment, Keeping Current with Mike. This is where we plumb the depths of the social media, gossipy websites, all that kind of stuff, celebrity stuff that Mike and I don't know anything about, and we try to make sense of it all for you. Mike, uh, where are we going this week? Well, as usual, I'm out of ideas. Uh, my wife gives me really good stories from Snapchat, but I have no idea how to like copy them and like repeat them, you know. So uh, unfortunately, oh. I, I'll, I'm going to mix one of those in. But uh, here we go. Okay, I'm not 100 percent sure what any of this means. Uh, Scott Disick and Sophia Ritchie, whole yacht of love on the jet ski. Okay. I'm not, I'm not really sure who these people are. I've heard those names before. Isn't the one guy like a Kardashian ex-husband or something? I don't know. See, here's the thing that I've 
I've noticed about this, which is, is so surprising to me. But I think, I don't know, I think maybe it's osmosis with you or, or, or whatever. But you know more about this stuff than I do, which I which surprises me. Because I, I definitely know... Yeah, I, I, yeah, there was good. a lot of Yahoo.com. Okay, so yeah, that's probably why. Because I, I definitely know more about like TV shows and stuff than you do. But like like Scott Disick, I've never heard that name in my life. I don't know where I've heard it, but I think it was on like that Kardashian show. I think he was married or is married to one of them. I'm not really sure. Well, here, when I look up Scott Disick, one of the first things that come up is, what is Scott Disick famous for? <laughs> Gained fame on the reality series Keeping Up with the Kardashians. He became known for his on and off relationship with Courtney Kardashian and his alcohol-related issues. Good thing he's on a jet ski, then. Yeah, so uh, I guess he's noted for his alcoholism. That's good. There you go. Noted alcoholic Scott Disick. And who's he with? Uh, Sophia Ritchie. I'm not. Is she the one who was on the Surreal Life? Maybe. I think that's. I don't know. It's another Nicole Ritchie. Oh, isn't that the same thing? I love I love the way that you asked that question. We're talking about human beings, and I said no, it's Nicole Are we Nicole Richie, and you said, "Oh, is that not the same thing?" I assume they're the same person. Is it like her sister, probably? Uh, apparently, she is the younger daughter of singer and songwriter Lionel Richie, an adoptive sister to fashion designer and television personality Nicole Richie. Yeah, Nicole Richie's actually adopted, but. Bam. Um, Sophia Richie is pure blood uh, Lionel Richie daughter. Huh. I wonder what the issue was that they. Oh, no, I say the. Whatever. Our next. I think they're on like a yacht somewhere. I don't know. They're, they're swimming on a jet ski and, I don't know, finger blasting or something. Who knows? Good for them. She Apparently, she was in Ocean's 8 as herself. I don't. I've never okay. heard of her in my life. I don't know who she is. So. But she but she happened to be playing an extra. Yeah. There you go. Look, I'm Sophia Richie at a casino. She's 20 I, years I, old. I, oh, hey, today's her birthday. Or no, not today. No, her birthday's in 11 days. August 24th, 1998. Good for you. You were very excited for being so wrong about that date. Yeah, I know. I was really wrong. What the fuck? I don't know why I thought today was August 24th. I don't either. August 24th, right, next- 1994 is when Life Goes On, uh, or not Life Goes On, um, uh, my so-called Life premiered. So I, I had that date huh. in my head earlier because I was looking that up to when we were going to cover that on uh, Retro Late Fee. That's fair. Yeah. Um, our next story is RHOC. So I know it's Real Housewives of something. C. Cincinnati, probably. <laughs> I'm going to guess it's not Cincinnati. <laughs> no, you don't think so? Car- Carlsbad. R-H-O-C? California, I don't know. Real Housewives of Orange County. Okay, that makes sense, I guess. But anyways, someone calls someone else. T- okay, I'm going to use names. I don't know who any of these people are. Mm-hmm. Tamra calls Vicky, quote, most, all caps, insecure person, unquote, before Kelly's all caps, shocking pig video causes chaos. Awesome. 
Um, it actually describes what this pig video is. I thought it was like a uh, black mirror kind of thing where the lady was fucking the pig. <laughs> yeah. But it's a uh, animated pig in Kelly's voice uh, that says, you want to fuck with me, you little pig of a fucking bitch? Holy and then shit. It, and then they hurl. I, I don't know if she hurls. Uh, I don't know if she's throwing a phone at somebody or what, but that's that's come on, that's that's way convoluted. You're gonna oh my god, I'm so mad at you, I'm gonna make a fucking animation with a voiceover. Yeah, that is Do you remember uh the the book Needless Things where like uh they carefully like put all the papers around the rocks and rubber banded them and threw them through the window and the, yeah, and, the yep. and Alan was like no one would actually do this if they were angry. That's to say, you know, like a producer or a PA or an intern made this video for her. I mean it's No like, shit, absolutely. Yeah, this was handed off to a to a PA for sure. Unless Kelly was taking uh, you know flash uh, ed- editing courses on the side. <laughs> Apparently, Tamara is Tamara Judge. Uh, it says Tamara Judge is an Orange County housewife. Well, good for her. Tamara joined the Real Housewives of Orange County in season three. She speaks her mind even when it's shocking. And is the first to admit that her mouth often gets her in trouble. Recently, she picked up part-time work doing real estate short sales and is also launching a makeup line with her plastic surgeon, Dr. <laughs> Ambi. <laughs> Dr. Ambi, it's, that sounds like like the name of a doctor in a bad horror movie where it, it makes something, like, like Dr. Acula. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so... Oh, man. Well, let's see. Uh, Something about Ryan. Tamara's oldest son, Ryan, also continues to put the couple at odds as he tries to find his way working as a marketing representative for a vitamin company. However, he defaults on a number of traffic violations that get him in trouble with the law. Tash and Simon. How sad is this that people would rather watch this show than like live their actual lives? Oh my god, it's so terrible. Oh my god, Ryan had too many parking violations. I better tune in. Right. I can't find any of these people on Wikipedia, so I'm I'm forced well I think actually I think that that makes me glad for humanity that <laughs> they're not on Wikipedia. But I have to look up their their real housewives wiki, basically. I mean that has its own wiki. And there are characters in that, whatever. And, and yeah, this always surprises me. This show's on Bravo, The Real Housewives. For some reason, I always thought it was on E, but yeah, it's on Bravo. Yeah, I don't know. Gulvis- oh, so, so Vicky is Vicky Gunvelson, uh, who is one of five children. Her father owned a construction company, and her mother was a housewife. She married her first husband, Michael J. Wolfsmith at the age of 21, and they had two children, Brian Culberson and Michael Wolfsmith. Oh, Brianna, sorry. That now makes sense that her last name is not the same. At the age of 29, they divorced and she began a part-time job at her father's construction company. In 1991, after her father's death from Alzheimer's, oh, that's sad, she joined the health insurance business. That's God, there's a joke there that I do not want to make. In, in 1994, she married Don Gulvison, who founded Koto Insurance and Financial Services after regaining her insurance license in California. They married after she gained her insurance license? I she, guess. I she's know. the brother of, uh, let's see, Vicky's, oh, so they divorced. Now she's engaged to Steve Lodge, who is the brother of Roger Lodge. Remember Roger Lodge? Oh, no, Roger Lodge? <laughs> yeah. 
Sadly, he's probably the most famous person in this entire fucking uh, story. Oh my god, it's so awesome. Roger Lodge. Fuck. Oh, any Blind Date fans out there will remember Ryan Lodge. Ryan Lodge? Roger Lodge. <laughs> what? You don't even remember Oh my god. Yeah, so it's a shit show. Who cares? I, yeah. I really I really hate even hearing about those. Um, our next big story, according to John Daly, speaking of alcoholics, yeah. uh, Perez, Perez Trump doesn't cheat at golf, but Bill Clinton did. Uh, oh, is this from Perez Hilton? No, he says, I, I misread it. It oh, says Perez. Perez, Perez Trump. Yeah, gotcha. Gotcha. So although although that is calling, calling for like a Perez Trump, like a Paris Hilton spinoff of like uh, Donald Trump. No kidding. So Donald Trump does, never cheated at golf, but but Bill Clinton cheats at golf. According to John Daly. Well, Bill, Bill Clinton, Clinton being a cheater only, is not as surprising to me. He only cheats at uh, marriage and uh, executing people who are on suicide watch. Exactly. Or not. <laughs> yeah, uh, Norm had Norm was uh, you know was I think Norm was loving. That not that he not that he loves that somebody committed suicide, but I think he uh, he realized. I mean, uh, of all the people to commit suicide, yeah, I'm not super upset about that one. No, yeah, the child predator, me, me either. But but yeah, it is weird. I mean, I think he probably just killed himself. But I, you know, it's one of those things that got political uh, I, I, again. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I, I could see it, but you know, I don't know. I mean, the fact that everybody like. N- Nobody is surprised by this. You know, not a single person I've mm-hmm. ever spoken to about this stuff. He's like, what? Yep. I mean, this, like, they, I, no one expected him to go to trial, I don't think. So, I don't know. But some people are saying Trump did it. Some people are saying the Clintons did it. You know, it's one of those things that just becomes political. I don't know. Maybe they did it together. Who knows? Trump was at, uh, or Hillary Clinton was at Trump's wedding or whatever. I mean, they're fucking friends, or they were. They're, yeah, they they <laughs> pretend to be enemies, but they're friends. Yeah, so it's like they could have both they could have gotten together and so all three of them could have had a meeting. And no. they both they both all showed up at the uh, cell at the exact same time, just sort of like laughing, like ah. <laughs> exactly. Now I wanna I wanna point out so that we don't get sued. That oh I, I I'm more worried about being suicided than sued. Right. Only the uh, Clintons think that the word suicide is a verb. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, so I um I uh, I will say that you know I don't know anything about. What happened? If it happened, what, what you don't know the presence of murder, <laughs> right? Exactly. So, but I could easily see all three of them getting together, basically saying, you know, hey, he's got dirt on on us and a bunch of other people that we're friends with. Let's just let's just take care of this. And you know what? Honestly, I mean, yeah, if they had something to do with it, then you know they should get they should get uh, something should happen to him. But like you said, I mean. As if, if they were innocent, and they got together and killed this guy, or somebody else just killed this guy while in jail. I'd be like, yeah, fine, I don't care. This guy's a piece right. of shit. I mean, you would hope for the uh, broom handle rape to death like Jeffrey Dahmer received, but exactly, <laughs> exactly. Oh, all right. What's next? The next story is actually from the Snapchat stories, but I don't know if you heard about this. Uh, this one I actually uh, pretty familiar with uh, the person. Uh, 
over the weekend, uh, Andy Dick was assaulted outside of a comedy show, and uh, he was like supposedly knocked unconscious for like 15 minutes, and the reports are he might have brain damage from this. Holy shit. I mean, I think the most shocking thing about this is that Andy Dick didn't have brain damage before this, but, right. but no, I mean, that's terrible. But no, I, I know, yeah, obviously, I, I, I know who Andy Dick is, but, but I, I did not hear this story. Yeah, I didn't either until she told me. It kind of came out today. I think it happened on Saturday in New Orleans, or New Orleans, whichever you prefer. Mm -hmm. New Um, Orleans. Like, he was outside of a... I guarantee you'll pronounce it that way. I guarantee I will. (laughs) He was uh, outside of a, uh, you know, the show, which is kind of weird, but I mean, you know, I'm sure he's not playing, like, huge venues, and uh, he's waiting for his Uber car when someone just walked up and just punched him right in the face. Mm, Wow. Yeah, I think he claims that they thought they were doing it, like, you know, to make, like, a, a video, you know, online or something like that. I don't know if that's the case or not, but, uh, I mean, Andy Dick certainly has his problems, but I really think they're mostly substance-related. I mean, he actually seems like a decent person when he's, like, lucid and sober. Like, he's, you know, mm-hmm. he accepts his faults, and he, like, he does, like, you know, like, various attempts to be sober. Like, I don't know how well it actually works, but he's like, does, like, you know... AA and all that stuff, I think. But I mean, it's just kind of like that. Remember a few years ago, I don't, I, I, I still don't know if this is true or not. There was this thing going around called the knockout game. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think maybe it like just was made up, but then people started actually doing it for real. But it sounds like almost like that. We just like walk up and like punch a random person. It's, I don't know, it's ridiculous. But yeah, hopefully a speedy recovery for Eddie Day. Yeah, I, I agree. Like you said, I mean, I've heard mostly nice things about him. And like you said, I mean, when when he's had problems or he's done something bad or, you know, made like an ass of himself in a club or, or something like that, it's been because of drugs. And it doesn't seem like he's been mean to people. So, yeah, I, uh, you know. I, he, I think he's super talented, too. I mean, whenever mm-hmm. he's, you know, able to get it together, like news radio, obviously, he's yep. hilarious in that. He was really funny in uh, old school. I mean, mm-hmm. There is this uh, episode of the Tom Green show, or it might have been the Andy Dick show, where they swap places, and it's the most uncanny thing because they look so similar to each other. You legit can't tell who's who at certain points. Yep, and they and he he's like I've seen some of his stand up too, and I haven't seen all of it, so I can't speak to all of it. But what I've seen of his stand up is good, so he's he's a good stand up as well. He was in a show called uh, what's it called Love. That uh, my wife and I used to watch. That uh, it's was on Netflix. It's not on anymore. Uh, they, I think they, they were one of those ones that had three seasons and then they were out. But he guested on there as himself, and he was, you know, he was sort of poking fun at his substance abuse problems and and things like that. But he was like, he was both really good in the dramatic scenes and really good in the comedic scenes on that show. He, so I, I agree, he's definitely a very talented guy. Yeah, I really think if he didn't have, you know, his issues, he could have been one of the, like, you know, the great comedians of, you know, comedic actors, at least of the 90s slash 2000s. He was like, you know, and I don't know if you'd say quite, he's like another Peter Sellers, but he's definitely in that same vein where he's like a great physical comedian. Yeah, I think that's a good, I think that's a good, that's a good comparison. Peter Sellers. I mean, it's hard because, you know, Peter Sellers is like, you know, obviously a legend. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe not as talented as Peter Sellers. I don't know, but but like you said, if he didn't have the substance abuse problems, who knows? But but as far as the type of humor, yeah, Peter Sellers is a really good comparison. And that's all I have uh, for this. All right, so we will move on to the Parents Guide game before we get into our quote unquote main topic of the night. Uh, so, Mike, 
you can go first this week. Uh, I've got two movies ready for you. For those of you playing at home, uh, you know it's uh, whoever shouts it out at their at their phone first or wherever you're listening to this. Let's see a brief scene of a couple making love in a hammock, but only a leg and shadows are making love in a hammock. You know, like fucking. <laughs> trying to think in a hammock. Uh, interesting. I think it's like a bad place to have sex. Oh yeah, I can't imagine. It sounds fun, but I can't fucking move in a hammock. <laughs> yeah, uh, you can't get any leverage. Um, the Great Outdoors. No. Okay. Your first clue. There's not many in here. I will have to. I have to say. So it's gonna be uh, difficult. But I- I'm gonna. Yeah, I might be able to add a couple too. So anyway, drugs, alcohol, and smoking, drinking in bars and at parties. That sounds like a suggestion. Really. I know exactly what this is. Super bad. No. <laughs> it is rated PG by the MPAA by appeal. It was originally rated PG thirteen, mainly for sexual references. Interesting. Okay, so... Hmm. So there's some sexual references, but it's still a PG movie. Although they had to appeal. So if they appealed successfully, it's probably like a Steven Spielberg movie or something. Somebody that has like big time sway over the MPAA. Oh, uh, you would be wrong on that one. <laughs> Oh, really? Not big time sway, huh? I don't um, think so. Um, hmm. Summer rental. No. Okay. Your next clue is profanity. Two to three uses of fuck and use of other profanity such as shit, ass, pussy, damn, hell, and goddamn. Huh. Uh, ballistics, X versus Sever. No. Damn it. <laughs> Alright, I got two for you, but they're very similar, but I can't use the character's name. The Because the, it actually says the actor's name, so I don't want to ruin it for you. Okay. What, what, and you would know these names, so that's actually three of them, but you know all the right names. One of the characters smokes a cigarette during the montage scene. Another character smokes a cigarello through the movie. And a third character drinks a glass of champagne for the lead character's promotion. And you would know all three of these names. A cigarello throughout the entire movie. And a glass of champagne for, for the lead character's promotion. And someone smokes a cigarette during a montage. Hmm. Sounds familiar. The secret of my success? <laughs> no. Okay. Um... That uh, that hammock's throwing me off a little bit. Um, let's I haven't see. seen this one, but I'm almost 100% sure you have. N- uh, sex and nudity. A man walks in on a woman in the shower. Her bare breasts are seen. Um, National Lampoon's van- Vacation? No. This one might be a big clue. I really don't know. One scene with a security guard and his bulldog might scare younger viewers. 
mannequin? <laughs> yes. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen it, but I know you have. I love mannequin. The next clue? One scene with a mannequin that comes to life might scare younger viewers. <laughs> Uh, okay, so I, I will. Uh, I'll read you. I want to read you my favorite one, which is not going to be a hint at all. And then I'll read you one that I I think should be more of a hint. Frightening and intense scenes. Here's what it says: None. It's a comedy. <laughs> Uncle Buck. No. Uh, violence and gore. One character is punched in the face, a barroom brawl, comedic and not very violent, some minor slapstick moments throughout. This all sounds like super bad to me. It's not. Um, is it waiting? No, I'm pretty... Uh, there's there's really only one more clue, which is some crude humor, not too bad. Um, so I'm going to give you a, a larger clue, because th- this is really tough, but I really wanted to do this one because I know... You've seen this movie. So I'll give you another clue. Let me try to frame it in... Okay. I I know how to frame it in a parent's guide way. Uh, the appearance of Kurt Vonnegut might be... Uh, oh, okay. Oh, really? Yeah, that, yeah, those aren't very good clues for that movie, Back to School. No, yeah. Yeah, that's right. No, not, not very good clues. I mean, I guess the man walks in on a woman in the shower, but that happens... I think I've only seen it on TV, so I don't even... I think I've seen that part. Oh, like, you know, yeah. Non-cable. Yep. Yeah, they should do they should talk about the hot tub scene where uh where he he says something about blowing bubbles or something like that and it's, you know, yeah. Right. Or mention uh mention um diving. Yeah. Yeah, that would that help. Yeah, uh, uh whatever. I mean, that's 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 a movie that's I'll watch it when it's on, but I won't seek it out. It's I don't know. Yeah. There are definitely parts I like though, but the it's very dated, I would say. Oh, for sure. All right, so one more film. Do you want to you go first again? Sure. One use of GD. Other words include pussy, douche, shit, bitch, ass, and a middle finger. <laughs> hey, this reviewer will not use the Lord's name in vain, that's for sure. Oh, I love it. Um, hmm. Super bad. No, but I did watch that this weekend. I love that movie. It's that still holds up. It really does. I mean, even though it doesn't in a lot of like inappropriate Me Too kind of ways. Yeah, for, for sure. One thing I can never figure out about that movie. Every time I watch it, I never understand this. Does Emma oh, Emma Stone is that her name? Yeah. I can never. I don't think her character has any attraction whatsoever to uh, Jonah Hill's character, but it kind of implies that she does. But it's just like there's nothing that indicates that in the, in the entire. They don't have any chemistry. I think that's the I think that's the issue. Like I I'm 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 still unsure if they're supposed to be like in a relationship or attempting one at the end of the movie because it doesn't seem like she cares for him at all. Yeah, she just says that he can buy her some makeup or something. I don't remember what it is. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, it's weird. But yeah, so it's not super bad. Okay. So your first one is Why male models? <laughs> no. Here's some violence and gore. Now, in mo- in almost all of these, a convenient truth. In almost all, inconvenient. In almost all of these, 
Uh, the the lead character their the their name the character's name is used so I'm gonna have to in, in almost every one of these I have to just say the lead character because it says the name in, in almost every one of them. Um, the lead character gets his head violently scratched in a bike accident, and then it says uh, in parentheses a little graphic. The Running Man. No. A scene takes place in a bar. <laughs> uh, Cherry 2000. Uh, no. Okay, so uh, the lead character says bullshit. This is profanity. Goddamn is used two times in a row. And then just in all caps, going down the line, it says damn, ass, hell, god, bastard. <laughs> it's the weirdest like listing of profanity I've ever seen. Jeez. Someone is oh wait shit, I'm supposed to guess. I, I have no idea. Um okay. break in two. No, that's close, but no. Break in. <laughs> no. <laughs> well let's see. Someone is eaten. Albeit this is off screen. Someone is eaten? Eaten, yes. Okay. Off screen, someone gets eaten. God damn. Yeah. Um, the running man. No, but that's a good guess. Just because I like that movie. Uh, let's see. Okay, uh, one of the characters in a scene of clearly being drunk offers alcohol to the main character, which he consumes and then reacts with disgust. Huh. Sin City? No. A character threatens to kill and eat a group of captive women. Holy shit. Okay, so I mean this is definitely Okay, so there's definitely this is a lot of cannibalism. Um I wouldn't say a lot. Is it split? No. He doesn't threaten to eat them. It's so weird. That's a weird. I'm, I'm trying to. Th- I'm sure I've probably seen the movie, but it's. I don't know. It's weird. Hmm, I think you have. Uh, let's see. Under sex and nudity, at a school dance, uh, one of the females' characters' nipples can be seen through her costume. Never been kissed. No. Huh. Two children attempt to drown a child. Holy fuck. Okay, so two children are trying to kill another child. I'm good. Maybe, maybe that's like a flashback scene where that guy grows up to to be the cannibal murderer. Um, hmm. Wow. Sounds like a fucked up movie. Um, is it Cannibal the musical? No. Okay. Uh, girls are shown briefly wearing fairly modest swimsuits. Girls and guys make out infrequently. <laughs> the main <laughs> character, who's a guy, is also seen without wearing a shirt. Summer rental? No. I wouldn't assume you've seen that. Yeah, I, I've seen parts of it. A character is forcibly drowned. Mm. I mean... 
No, because it's like it's not glass. Oh, uh-huh. it's not what? It's I said it's not glass. Are you sure about that? Is it glass? <laughs> yeah, it's glass. It is. <laughs> yeah. Although I don't remember the cannibalism off screen parts myself. I don't either, and I don't remember him like threatening to eat them. Yeah, I don't remember that. So I, don't I mean, know. maybe he took a bite out of him. I guess. <laughs> you take one bite, you're a cannibal suddenly. Yeah. What the fuck? Um, okay, so I don't want to just say the names because you'll get it so easily if I say the names. But I'm gonna do. Uh, okay, I'm gonna do this one. If you don't get it from this one, then I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna read the names uh, at the school dance scene. The main character, or uh, the <laughs> one of the characters, and it says nemesis of our hero, the main character, which I think is kind of bullshit, is hiding in a bathroom stall and is shown rolling a marijuana cigarette, parentheses joint, and preparing to smoke it. Karate Kid? Yes, correct. At the school dance scene, Johnny, nemesis of our hero, Daniel, is hiding in the bathroom. Come on now. But yeah, so many of these were like Mr. Miyagi in a scene clearly being drunk <laughs> or uh, in the climax of Daniel's harassment, the Cobra Kai students swarm him. That's <laughs> like, yeah, that's going to be really obvious. Hey, it could have been Karate Kid too. That's true. Oh, what a successful game that was. <laughs> All right. So now on to our main topic of what we watched this week, what we saw, what we, what streaming stuff we got into. Mike, you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Ah, uh, sorry, I got just got scratched on the chest by a cat. Oh God! Oh, uh, you can go first. All right. Well, I watched the, or at least I watched some of. I'll have to. I didn't watch the full, full, full first season yet, but I watched The Boys on Amazon, and uh, I I like it quite a bit. I I heard a little bit about it, and I think you'd like it a lot too, Mike. It's based on a comic book uh, by uh, Garth Ennis, and uh, uh, it was um, co-created and illustrated by uh, Derek Robinson. Who did the inking? Yeah, that would be Derek Robertson. <laughs> he was the inker. But Garth Ennis is sort of famous for hating superheroes. <laughs> and it's a it's a show about superheroes, but they're all complete assholes. <laughs> I like under under uh, Garth Ennis's Wikipedia too, real quick for his personal life. This is all it's all it says, personal life. Ennis is an atheist. He is an enthusiastic student of the history of World War II. <laughs> That's like the barest bones huh. personal life thing I've ever seen. But you like that little bub guy? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> but uh, he, uh, Garth Ennis, he did Preacher, uh, Judge Dredd, uh, Hellblazer, uh, The Punisher, Dan Dare, just a pilgrim and hitman uh in addition to the boys and basically the plot of this show it, it's sort of now it was written in 2006 and i think it went from 2006 to 2012 there were 72 issues sorry 70 yeah 72 issues of it and so but it seems really 
it seems really prescient now. And I don't know if they updated some things because I haven't actually read the comics or books, but I don't know if they updated anything or anything like that. But it seems very prescient now. And basically, the st- the story of the show is it takes place in a world where superheroes actually exist, but it's basically it's trying to be realistic with it. What would what would the world kind of really be like if we discovered that there were superheroes that really existed? And the main group of superheroes are called the Seven. And they're, they're a very clear Justice League ripoff. There's a Superman whose name is Homelander. There's a, uh, an Aquaman whose name is The Deep. There's a Wonder Woman. I'm, I can't remember what her name is. There's uh, a... a ba- I guess he's supposed to be Batman. His name sounds like Black Panther, but I guess he's supposed to be Batman because it's supposed to be the Justice League, but he does nothing. His name's something noir, Black Noir or Night oh. Noir or something like that. But he does basically nothing. And there's the Translucent or Translucer or something like that. It's a guy that can turn invisible. And then they have their version of the uh, the Flash, which is A-Train, is his name. So at the beginning of this, A-Train is... We see this guy who is who's works at an electronics store and his girlfriend comes to, to pick him up after work. They're going to walk to get some food and, you know, probably have sex and everything that they kind of joke about that. And she steps, she takes one step off, off the curb and gets incredibly obliterated (laughs) in one of the most graphic scenes I've ever seen. I mean, it's like, it's comical, but it's also pretty graphic because they're talking and then like in an instant you just hear this whoosh sound and then she's gone and you see these drops of blood hit the guy's cheek and then the camera sort of pans and she is just, it's a mass of blood and organs hanging in the air as it's in slow motion and then the the motion picks up and everything splashes on the ground and A-Train stops, looks back kind of horrified and says, can't stop, can't stop, and then runs, (laughs) runs off to do whatever he's going to do. And the guy's like, I can't remember, Robin, I think is her name or something. He's like, Robin, Robin. And they pan down and he's still holding her arms. (laughs) Like he's got her hands. The rest of her is gone, obviously. But that's kind of one of the introductions we get to, to these superheroes. And we learn one of the big plot points is this, this uh, girl called Starlighter, and she wants to join the Seven because the Lamplighter retired. <laughs> Obviously, Green Lantern, uh, but he retired, so there's an opening in the Seven. And Elizabeth Shue's in it as well. She plays, so even though it's supposed to be the Justice League, she runs a corporation called, uh, it's called something with a V. It's like a play on Viacom, basically. But it's, I can't remember, something with a V. But anyway, she she uh, is the head of it, and she's clearly like a Kathleen Kennedy type who's in charge of uh, Lucasfilms over at Disney, and the whole thing is like a, a play on Disney, basically, where you know they own all the superheroes. For you know, basically, the the superheroes are like actors; they're in movies that this thing produces. And, uh, you know, they uh, they do PR for them and, and all this stuff. It's just this giant corporate machine. And 
they have to audition and and Starlighter is auditioning to be, you know, as part of the as part of the seven. And she gets it, you know, she finds out um, you know, the role. But it, it's it's very much like they're actors and everything, even though they are superheroes. But the point of it isn't you know, because all these superheroes, they're all kind of terrible people in some way or another, uh, except for, for Starlighter, you know, a little bit. But the whole point of it is basically, I think, to kind of, it's a, it's a satire of how, like, horrific and unfeeling and stupid and, and, and just greedy uh, Disney and some of these other corporations are. <laughs> um, because it's it's very clearly critical of this corporation that kind of manages everything and the other thing that they do is as we see in the first episode uh baltimore needs a superhero so um it's like a black panther type superhero it was it's like black onyx or something like that uh he's in detroit right now but you know they're looking to move him from detroit i guess and baltimore needs a superhero because they're violent crimes out of, you know, completely out of whack. So she's negotiating with this mayor of Baltimore, basically saying, Hey, he fits your demographics. The, you know, we'll, we'll bring the PR team there and everything. You know, this will be the, your new superhero for $300 million a year for a three year deal. So they're selling the services of these, you know, like any city can buy a superhero to be their superhero and protect their city. For this money, so this corporation's in every aspect of life and is like really omnipresent. Um, Keith Urban's in this, who plays the butcher, and he is—he's fantastic. Like he is in in everything he's in. I think Keith Urban is is awesome, but uh, he. Keith Urban or Carl Urban? Or Carl Urban, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> so Keith Urban's uh, Nicole Kidman's husband, which was very confusing for a second. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Carl Urban. Uh, but Carl Urban, he he plays this, I think he's a, he's an ex-CIA guy, and he's been wronged by one of the superheroes. I, I don't want to reveal which one, but in a similar-ish way to how uh, the main character, Shuey is his name, uh, the main character whose you know girlfriend was destroyed by a train um the in, in a similar way to how he was wronged by them and basically he forms this group like we're gonna we're gonna fucking take these guys down we're gonna get revenge on them that's basically what it's what what it's about the the two main plots are starlighter kind of coming into this new organization well three main plots I guess the evilness of the corporation itself and then this group of guys the boys um and that they're the titular boys trying to get revenge. And it's sort of an interesting idea of like, if there were superheroes and you're just some normal guy, how are you going to get revenge on a super, you know, superhero person? So that's kind of what it's about, but it's, it's really dark, but it's like darkly funny. And it, it has a lot of interesting things to say. I think about, like I said, about uh, the, the corporatization of a lot of these things. It was, you know, it was uh, not produced by Marvel or DC. Obviously it was a, an independent comic. I, I'm trying to remember what the name of the, it wasn't dark horse, but I can't remember what the name of the, the company that, that, that put it out was, but you know, I think it's, it's sort of, like I said, it's, it's a satire, but it's, it's very good. It's on Amazon prime. And it's uh, Dynamite Entertainment. That's what it was. It was on 
uh, Wildstorm and then moved to Dynamite Entertainment. But it's I, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. One season's out right now. I think they have plans to make three seasons and then be done. Uh, they, and they have, you know, they have 72 issues of comics to to draw from basically because it's a completed a completed series with a completed story arc so i like all those things and uh, oh the other thing real quick before we get to yours um that is interesting it's also like talking about me too and things like that there's a lot there's sort of a lot of that in it it because it gets it gets uncomfortable in certain places so starlighter comes on board she's the newest one and the deep you know the Aquaman character. He says to her, the, "It's her, him, and her alone in this boardroom." And he says, "Well, you know, if you want to be part of the team, you know, you've got to service me, basically." And I thought it was just going to be like a throwaway joke or whatever, but she actually does it. And then a lot of the rest of the first episode and into the second episode is her dealing with her decision to do it. Because, like, she says, she's talking to him, and she's like, oh, I had a crush on you when I was a little girl. I had your poster on my wall. And she turns, and it's like his pants are off within a second. And he's just jerking it, basically. And she's like, so it's it's very much like a Harvey Weinstein type thing, or, or Louis C.K., I guess. Um, although... This comes off way more aggressively than any of the Louis C.K. stories that, that I've heard. Uh, more of a Harvey Weinstein thing. But she's like, oh my God, you know, and he's like, hey, you know, he goes, yeah, you can run back to Iowa with your tail between your legs and everything, or you can stay here. We can be part of a team. And he's basically, he's just like, hey, it's only going to be like five minutes, you know, and uh, you just do it and get it over with kind of thing, and then we'll move on. And so she does. We don't see it. It happens off screen. It's so it's a little more tasteful. But like I said, she just kind of deals with the ramifications of her decision to do that to stay in there and what she's going to be as a person kind of going forward. Uh, so there's a lot of there's a lot of the Me Too Hollywood stuff. There's there's a lot of stuff that that's happening right now. Uh, big ideas in this, and I, I like Garth Ennis a lot. And I think, um, like I said. This is it's a really good show. I'm really enjoying it. I might check it out. I, I you know, I've heard good things about it. Yeah, I think I think you'd like it, but because of a lot of the satire and there's there are things that are really interesting about it. It reminds me a little bit of Watchmen in, in certain ways, but it's it's cuz it's it has ideas. I think that's one of the things that that make it stand out is it's not, you know, the superhero elements and everything are obviously not really important. Uh, it's more kind of about corruption and, and, you know, how most of these people that have get superpowers are still human beings. And they're assholes like most human beings would be. And, you know, given this unlimited power, you know, it corrupts them, obviously. And sort of, you know, how they how those things work. But it's it's a very interesting show. Nice. Um, I've also been watching something this week that's on Amazon. It's uh, it's been out for a while, but I, I don't even remember how I came across it. Um, but it's Mr. Robot. Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't. Act- I've heard some things about it, but I haven't actually seen that. It's a really interesting show. It takes um, it's uh, the story of like a uh, a security engineer who works at um, a company whose name I forget. Mm-hmm. 
that I, that basically does like the the network internet security for the largest company in the in the world. It's called E Corp, and they have like basically it's like a super version of Disney. They make cars, clothes, entertainment. They basically do it all. It's like you know, a, and he has like this weird verbal tick where he always like hears it as Evil Corp. Okay, it, it's revealed that he has like he has a lot of like you know anxiety and that sort of thing. He sees a therapist. Um, I like it so far. I, I mean, I need to. I, I really need to. This is a show you really need to pay a lot of attention to, which. I'm usually doing other things while I'm watching TV, so um, I probably have to go back and rewatch a couple episodes. Um, it's um, ah, shit, I forget the guy's name. Um, him, okay. And, uh, Christian Slater is also in it. Nice. But I remember how I came across it um, because uh, there was this movie called Youth and Revolt because I was like looking at Superbad and I was like, you know, Wikipedia over to Michael. Sarah oh my god! Had... You fucking you you fucking bastard! I fucking love you so much right now. Okay. So, okay. so let me tell you why I love you so much right now, because uh, for like about it was about a week ago or so, maybe a week, week and a half ago, I was trying to remember the name of this series of books that I that I had read in high school that were it was like a diary. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's weird. I, I didn't know you read that. I, I read that in high school too. It's, I found a surprisingly large amount of people had read that series. So I, I had read it and everything, and I could not remember. I was trying to, to explain it to my wife, and I could not remember the name. I, I put in everything I could remember. Girl is in love with this French actor, you know, all, all this stuff and everything. Everything that I could think of about it could not fucking find it. But that's it. Youth and Revolt is it. Yeah, there's there's a, like maybe five books in the series. Yeah, maybe three are good. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, Youth and Revolt. Um, but the the actress from that is in Mr. Robot, so that's how I came across. I'm like, oh yeah, I've heard about that. I sh- and there's like three seasons out, so I, I mean, I like it so far. I can't really go into too much. I, it's really like a lot of detail. You know, there's a lot of really weird characters, and you know, mm-hmm. it's like it's almost like a. Fight Club in the sense that they make like a counter, not counter, but like a counterculture slash terrorist type group that wants to take down this large corporation and, uh, you know, seal everybody's credit cards so, you know, they can't be used against them. It's 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 very similar to the plot of uh, Fight Club at the end, at least. Okay. Is is that the one that uh, Remy Malik's in? That's his name, Remy Malik, yeah. Yeah, the guy that was in Bohemian Rhapsody. I'm not trying to be mean or anything. Does he have a, does he have a speech impediment? I don't know. Uh, he does speak. I think I've looked it weird. up before, and he, but he just the way he says some words, it sounds almost like he has a speech impediment. Yeah, that might uh, that wouldn't surprise me. He's really good in this, so him and Christian Slater and Portia Doubleday is the girl from Youth and Revolt's name. Um, okay, woman. Sorry, sorry. Don't, <laughs> don't write. We don't want letters. Yeah, but I also uh, I also saw Superbad, which uh, you know I, who doesn't love Superbad and. I, th- I saw what is what do you think the funniest comedy you've ever seen is? Oh wow, that's tough. The funniest comedy I've ever seen. I remember there was uh there was a time in the 90s where once a year I would see a comedy and I'd be and I would say this is the funniest movie I've ever seen and then that kind of stopped happening. But Oh man, that's tough. Tell me what it is, and then I'll instantly tell you what this is, and you'll be like, "Oh yeah, you're correct." Um, God, I mean, I guess I'll go with Mallrats. Okay, what I saw, and, I, and this whole series of movie is is the funniest thing ever. Jackass three. 
Like, oh, I, yeah. If, if you're of the type that likes those movies, uh, they're nonstop laughs throughout the entire thing. Oh, my God. Jack S3 is like, I was like dying laughing at the movie. But that movie, that specific one is very gross, too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's, it, they're just the funniest movies around. And like, I don't think they get enough credit for being like the, they should be like winning awards for comedies. They're so fucking funny. Now, I didn't, I haven't actually seen Jack S3. So it's on Hulu. I should okay. Then I, I'll definitely, I will definitely check it out. I my brother and I used to watch Bam Magira's show, and uh, that was uh, that was that was interesting. Or, or did we watch that one? Or was something a big man, big man, little man, or something like that? Robin Big. I mean, Robin Big. That's what it was. Yeah, I didn't see that, but I I really often catch uh, the Rob. Uh, what's Hi- Hodek? Rob something? Mm-hmm. Drydeck, I think. Yeah. But it's like he has a show called Ridiculous, and there's like apparently like five thousand episodes because they're always on like one of the channels I happen to be on. Mm-hmm. It's like a really like broke ass version of uh, America's Funniest Home Videos, but it's like you know more violent, obviously. It's awesome. Yeah, so that's uh, that's what I watched this week. Oh well, that is great. I, the, the other thing that that I've been watching, which is it's also on stream. I mean, obviously it didn't start on streaming, but it's on streaming now. It's on Netflix, I believe. Is or Hulu? I think no. I think we watched it on Hulu. Is Lost? Uh, my wife watched the first season of Lost, and when it was out, and that was it. And so I decided that I'm gonna watch the entire series with her. It's a nice throwback. I well, I I guess not nice, but I, I like Lost. So in general, I like Lost. But it's a it's a throwback to when. TV shows were presented in the way I don't like, where it was 20 episodes a season, and there's so many episodes of this show that just spin their wheels and go nowhere. Yeah, I really, really think like Netflix and other like streaming services with their abrupt seasons and you know their shorter episode count uh, are really changing TV for the better. I mean, mm-hmm. probably the last great. T- I mean, I, I never really got into Lost, uh, so I, I don't know. It's, I'm sure it's great. Um, it's fine. The last really great, like, normal TV show that I ever saw wasn't even on, like, regular network TV. It was on cable, which is um, Breaking Bad. But, I mean, yep. most people can get Breaking Bad, you know. It's on AMC, and they play it a lot, quite, you know. And, oh, I, actually, that's not fair. Better Call Saul's... I, I, in a lot of ways, Better Call Saul, I think, is better than uh, Breaking Bad. Yeah, I do. I Well, both of us love Better Call Saul uh, quite a bit. And I'm sure both of us are, are eagerly awaiting the next, the next season of it. And, yeah, I mean, I would... It's to me. It's like AMC's almost like a streaming service too. I mean, I know they don't they they don't release them all at once like Netflix does and, and things like that. But because it's cable, there's more freedom. I just like it's it's not the same as as like broadcast TV. I I yeah, I put I them surprised. more towards that. I was surprised by Mr. Robot. There's actually quite a bit of swearing and stuff in there, and there is like some really like you know graphic like not quite you know fully nude. I I don't know if it's like a different edit than you normally see on USA or not, but it's it's it was surprisingly graphic for like a regular cable basic cable show. Yeah, that's definitely interesting. But I, I will definitely check out uh, um, Mr. Robot. You don't have to check out Lost. You wouldn't. I don't think you'd like. Yeah, it Yeah, I'm not going to. It would. I, I, oddly enough, I've read quite a bit about it. Like, I'm like mm-hmm. oh, maybe I might like this, but I've never read enough to be compelled to actually want to watch it. Here's the problem. It could have been great if Lost instead of being made when it was made. If it was made today, 
it would probably be really, really good because the premise and the ideas and everything are, are behind it are good. But there, like I said, there's a lot of episodes where nothing happens, like almost nothing. You get some character development and stuff, but it's really long and indulgent, and it takes its, it takes its sweet time to get anywhere. And a, 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 there's one full season where they're basically just spinning their wheels, honestly. Um, and that's that's the problem is too much. There wasn't enough central planning. If it was on, if it was going to be a Netflix show like right now, then Netflix, whatever they, you know, however they do it, however they structure things, they'd be like, okay, you got to give us, you got to give us the full arc, you know, the full arc of the entire series. Do it in three seasons, or, you know, or whatever. This is uh, this is what we want. This is how it's got to be. And then the creative team would be forced to completely structure things yeah that that would be a, i mean that would be a lot better obviously yeah i mean i i've never seen a series that's like 10 seasons i'm like you know every fucking episode was gold. yeah exactly and you can tell that they were writing this as they went along which so, in this type of show is not a good idea you know i have to correct that at least not with drama um for for comedy i would say it's always something in philadelphia is probably like 90 percent good yeah, I, the later episodes are not as later seasons aren't as great, but I mean, there's a lot of gold in that series. I'm about, I think I'm almost done with season two of that right now, and I fucking love that yeah, show so far. Season two. Yeah, I know. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not anywhere near caught up. But you we should, uh, we keep watching Lost and shit. Gotcha. What's kind of what's kind of neat about it's always something in Philadelphia is you could like find different like characters and like each episode they watch it tells a comprehensive story. Mm-hmm. But if you look for episodes with the McPoyles, every it's, it's it's you could see them getting progressively like more hateful towards each other and stuff. And it's only <laughs> like maybe ten episodes, but they're all like I, I love those episodes; they're hilarious. But yeah, I it's always sunny in Philadelphia, and and comedies comedies can be like sitcoms can be more like that. Sitcoms can be you know yeah, Futurama's really decent all the way throughout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the exception, uh, you know, because most sitcoms aren't serialized television like like a lot of television shows are now. They're they're episodic. They're all you know, each one can be its own self-contained thing. Uh, you know, a lot of times there are larger season-long story arcs and things like that, but they don't play a huge role, and they don't they're not necessary to enjoy uh, episode yeah, by episode. Yeah, and that their standalone helps too. Yeah, um, really. I think twenty four probably was like the start of this whole like you know one solid arc. Like you know the first season was its own contained story. The second, yeah. The only problem was there was too many episodes. Like I really was into twenty four in season two, but it's like, oh no, I forgot this. I have to go back here because you know they're just filling time because oh shit, we have twenty four hours worth of episodes. Yeah, that was that was the the big mistake was making it twenty four like one hour with for each one because you know I understand the why they wanted to do that the the sort of gimmick of that and everything but yeah twenty four was good but it, like you said it was another one where it was like it could have been twelve could have been just the waking hours yeah, yeah and then like and then like the timeline is all weird because you know. Oh shit! I have to travel three hundred miles. What am I going to do? You know, for this next fucking five episodes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And in the later seasons, it was like almost soap opera. Like I don't know if you watched. I, I caught a couple episodes, but it's like, oh, his former you know enemy is now the president. It's like what? Yeah, I think I stopped after season three or season four. That was the last yeah, one I watched. watched. 
watch like half of season two, then I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I, I get it. He's he's probably not going to get there anytime soon. Yeah, the one with Marwan that was the last one I watched. Because I think the the second one, season two, is the one with the guy that's going to poison everyone, right? Season two is. Um, I think you and I watched this together, and we were like instantly hooked because he had like a uh, a guy who was like a pedophile or something. He just like kills them and saws his head off in the interrogation room. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then there was some later seasons that actually were very timely because he almost had like deep fakes with like the voice and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then his brother's on the show and his brother and his dad are like the enemy. It's like, what What are you even doing here? This makes no sense. Yeah. So check out some of 24, but, you know, for the most part, eh. <laughs> check out six. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that would have been good. Just like and I don't mean a Blossom's friend either. Yeah, what, what's she up to now? Was she related to Seven from uh, Married with Children? I think so. What do you think Brad Renfro's doing right now? Uh, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was messed up. I was listening to a podcast, uh, the Gilbert Godfrey one, mm-hmm. after I listened to all the ones on our network, obviously. Right. And uh, the, the guy, I, I can't remember the name of the guy, but the voice was so thrilling. Like, oh my God, who is this? You know who it turned out to be? Uh, the dad from Blossom. Oh my God. Uh, Anthony something, I want to say his name is. Whis- Whissom, maybe? Something like that? He was on... I don't know. He was on a show called Soap that I used yeah, to watch. Yeah, he was on Soap. Yeah, apparently he was a director for quite a few things, too. Oh, really? Yeah, he directed... He, he, he didn't want to be on Blossom initially, but they said he could direct some episodes, too, so he took the job. Oh, okay. And that, of course, only reminds me of the uh, the SNL sketch where Sarah, Sarah Gilbert was uh, Blossom's friend six. <laughs> Uh, well, that is our episode for the day or the week or however long you listen to this. Or even your year. Yeah. Clap, 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 clap. <laughs> yeah, if you're binging this, if you went back to episode one for whatever reason, don't never go back to the first, I would say four, maybe. Uh, At least. Audio quality's not great. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, so if you're binging this or whatever and, you know, you're about to take your own life, like, uh, Jonathan Brandis, then don't do it. Jeez. Don't. You got so much to live like, for. Like, don't pull a Jeffrey Epstein and kill yourself. Yeah, exactly. And if Bill and Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump are, are peering outside your window, call, uh, I don't know, call us or something. But, but. Don't call us. Yeah. Uh, call a friend. Hey, listen, so if you, seriously now, if you are struggling with depression and, you know, anxiety, other mental health issues, and you're thinking about killing yourself, what I want you to do is pick up the phone, call a friend, and tell them to listen to Massively (laughs) Because we'll need someone to replace you as a listener. Exactly. We don't want the listener numbers to drop. So at least tell one, two would be better, to be honest with you. If you want to put it in the note, and you know you can include hashtags. Yeah, exactly. Then that would be fine. But uh, anyway, take care. Just, just kidding. Uh, yeah, don't kill yourself because just tell friends, but don't don't actually kill yourself. Because yeah, we want to keep you as a listener as well as the other listeners. <laughs> Do you remember the uh, the kids in the Hall episode where uh, Bruce tried to kill himself? 
Yes. And he, he, his note was like 80 pages or something like that. <laughs> and like, oh, can you just kind of sum, sum it up? <laughs> and it was either Scott or Mark. He's like, yeah, I just skimmed it looking for my name. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, well, like I said, tell some friends, uh, rate and review. We're Massive Late Fee everywhere you can find us. Uh, Massive Late Fee Mike on Twitter. And Massive Late Mike, some would say. Oh, yeah, Massive Late Mike. <laughs> That's true. So find him there and uh, find us, uh, you know, everywhere that you find things. And uh, we will see you next week. Bye. Oh, shit. Yeah. I forgot I have a new segment, but we'll do that next week. Oh, what's the segment? It's uh, <laughs> it's shitty messages. I, fi- I, I, I find the uh, dumbest uh, comments on the internet and I screenshot them and I read them back. Oh, I love it. Yeah, hold on. Can I reach in this one real quick? It's yeah. Really good. Yeah, I want to hear it. I'm going to need some music. Crickets? No. Click, 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 click. Boo, do, 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 liquid gel, ink, energel. Energel? Pentel. That's the pen that I have in my hand right now. It's a 0.7 millimeter ball. It seems too small, to be honest. But remove the tip protector before use. Always retract the tri- tip after use. Hmm. All right, I was reading an article that was, uh, I guess, uh, <laughs> Jack Black and uh, Kyle Gass from Tenacious D mm-hmm. teamed up with Jack White to make a song. Okay. And then, like, you know, they said it was Jack Gray. Huh? So then there was another article that he, um, he like, had, you know, been friends. Like, one of the persons who was the drummer in the movie School of Rock, like, played on stage with Jack Black. Mm-hmm. And there's one comment on this, and I couldn't reply because it wanted way too much information from me. <laughs> okay. But this is this is from Jason C. Wilkerson, who uh, who cared enough about Entertainment Weekly to sign up to be able to, uh, you know, message on there. Mm-hmm. And his, his message is... Um, he was a fake substitute teacher, and the class wasn't a music class. <laughs> and then it goes on to say he had to hide the fact that they were playing music. Oh, my God. So my comment, which I couldn't post, was thanks for the clarification. Oh, my God. Because who the fuck cares? That's the dumbest comment ever. That is hilarious. But yeah, sorry to uh, drag the show on for that stupid part. That's okay. So look for more of that segment next week. Uh, We will see you next week. Bye. See you next time.